0: Check us out, Chuck, the public Enemy.
1: Yo, what's up? This is DJ Yellow from the world's most dangerous group. What's up? This is DOC, the Dicky Dicky motherfucking guy. Yo, 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 what's up? This is your boy, Z-Furry. What up, yo?
2: This is e This is
0: Jerry Heller, motherfucker. This is
2: your boy, DJ Paul KOL from 36 Young
0: Busy ball. Vice Warp. This is your man, Mastermind,
1: <laughs> and Hell Raise Up. Yo,
2: this is DJ Ready Red. What up, what up, what up? This is the real Rick Ross, so and you're listening to me on the Murder Master Music Show. Your host, I lose your soul. Yeah. King of this motherfucking underground rap shit coming out of Fort Worth Texas. And every day I gotta eat a big bundle of white wrap rappers up for breakfast. Really stop, so pure, and it really be than a whole fucking lot of grams. A lot of these hoes be fake in the biz, and I see right through them like a motherfucking hologram. And if you want it, I can make a motherfucker back, and you throw me the pistol cream. And I can really get it, Hate hey, a
0: hog tied up, wrap them up like a motherfucking Christmas. man. Mm-hmm. I've read it twice already And um, it's just phenomenal If you haven't read it yet You really need to get straight out of Compton My old, untold story by DJ Yellow of NWA This is a phenomenal Story of, of Amazing highs Lows Redemption, comeback I mean you name it, it's all in there You know, straight out of Compton movie yeah, It was dope, but They could do a movie about this Matter of fact, they could do a movie for each member of N.W.A., you know, um, because every one of them has lived a phenomenal life. But um, let's bring on our guest, the one and only DJ Yellow. How are you doing, Yellow?
1: How you doing? Pretty good, pretty good.
0: Man, first and foremost, um, you know, I, I know you've been uh, doing the circuit, doing a lot of interviews. I want to thank you for uh, giving me the very first interview. Um, mm-hmm. It was a huge honor. I really appreciate that.
1: Oh, no problem. Easy to do. Simple.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Um well, I, I read the book again and uh man, you, uh, I'll probably be reading it a third time cause, uh-huh. uh just uh <laughs> it's just so many so many uh good stories, so many positive stories and then mm-hmm. so much pain. Like I said, you put your yeah. your pain out there for the fans. And it gives us more of an idea of who you are as a person, um, mm-hmm. as well as easy and, and people that you knew. Uh, yeah. But uh, let's go back a little bit, man. Let's start off, uh, you know, kind of way back. There's a story in the book I, I, I thought was interesting. You were working at a fast food restaurant, uh-huh. and a uh, guy came in with a double barrel shotgun oh, and
1: yeah. robbed you. I mean, I mean, it's crazy because I, I was over scary. there making tacos or whatever I was making, and I turn around and it's on the counter. He laid it on the counter, and I just looked down and like, wow, <laughs> a two eleven in progress. <laughs> I'm like, wow, but it could have been he could have accidentally pulled the trigger or anything, yeah. anything. And this was way before music i was in the this was in I was in eleventh grade when that happened
0: now uh when you put it on the counter, what did he tell you?
1: He said nobody move,
0: nobody get hurt you know
1: give me you know whatever in the cash register or whatever the crazy part is it wasn't very much 'cause you don't we didn't keep very much in the in the register, so he might have got away thirty forty bucks maybe. That
0: was about uh, it. Wow. It's all that for nothing. Risk your life and you know, I bet uh you let out a sigh of relief when he left. Uh, oh
1: yeah, it was just you know, it was you know, I wasn't scared. It was just weird. It was just like, Wow. I got did we just get robbed? <laughs> yeah, Man, wow. That was crazy.
0: Well, you know, when you say that, you know, uh, nobody moves, nobody get hurt, I can't help but to think about that and the easy he saw, nobody move. Did that yeah. uh, kind of get a little inspiration for those words?
1: Um, no, not really. I mean, it just, if I'm not mistaken, he said something like that, if I'm not mistaken. You know, nobody, mo- you know, nobody moved, they won't get hurt. So, you know, no. Yeah. nobody moved. <laughs> I guess being young. I wasn't scared, though. It's crazy. I was not panicking, scared, none of that. I was just like, okay, here's the money, and, you know, that's it. Want me to make some tacos for you to go? (laughs) I'm just like, we don't need no
0: accidents here. (laughs) No. No not at all before you you know you really uh uh got into music you know with the groups and stuff mm-hmm. you i mean you had a wide variety of jobs you were working at uh, yeah. a dairy spot you, you know the, the yeah. restaurant l a all kinds of different things you know yeah. um did you ever expect to to land into the music industry like that
1: oh no, that was never not even never a thought. I don't think so. I don't even think I've dreamed of – I might have dreamed um being on stage, but I, I can't really remember that. I don't think I have. I never thought, you know, even though I knew how to play the drums, but that was it. I knew how to play the drums in the garage. You know, that was all. and didn't expect it to go past the garage. I had no idea, never thought it. Even when we started hooking up with each other, we still never thought of that
0: at all. Yeah. Yeah, because it, it kind of, I mean, the the way uh, it, it all went down, I mean, mm-hmm. um, you hook up with the wrecking crew and stuff, and um, DJ Unknown, the guy who uh, first put out of uh, Compton's yeah. Most Wanted, he's the one mm-hmm. that gave the name Yella, you know. Tell yeah. us about that, man. How did you come up with that? Yeah. Or him. Because I
1: remember... Um, there was a twelve inch, you know, jeans uh, Tom Tom Club called Jeans for Love, but it was on the B side was a, was the artist named Mister Yellow. And the first thing when you put the needle on the record, the first thing he said was Yellow. And unknown heard it and he said, "That's your name right there. That's your name." And, that, and that's been my name ever since. And I think that yeah. was the only record the guy made.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, you put out uh, you put out Slice, um, which mm-hmm. was a fusion of uh, you know techno hip hop, similar to like what they were doing in Chicago with the house music, like uh, Euro mm-hmm. influence kind of. You know, uh, you came up with that idea. How did you? Uh, what was well, besides well, well, to well, those too? Slice two? really wasn't
1: fast paced. It was more like sucking them seeds Okay, because that's what was out right then. Dre's Surgery came out with the more techno. When he came out after the slice, but the but the slice was more Run DMC ish bite or something, you know, East Cole's, you know, just something trying to do something different, just really trying to do something different, and that's what that's what cracked the door open for us doing music, and then Dre's surgery came, and then that opened the door all the way, but the slice was the first record, of you know, that we even done.
0: Wow. See, a lot of people don't even realize you were the first member of mm. NWA to put out a record before anybody. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Was it your uh, initial plans to be a solo artist?
1: Oh, no, no. It was just clientele. I remember clientele asked me, he said, man, let's make a record. And we just, you know, made a record. You know, we just, it wasn't, it, we weren't trying to be solo, nothing. It was just I, produ- you know, made the beat and produced it, and and then clientele wrapped it, and that was it. It wasn't it wasn't made to be a hit or anything. It was just made. I guess it was just made yeah. just to open the door.
2: Yeah. I think
1: it was just to open the door to get us started. Because we did well. I did so much before Dre even came around. Me and Unknown. Yeah was doing mixes and trying to do remixes and all kind of stuff, mixtapes. We were doing, you know, trying to do everything. Yeah,
0: because you didn't meet Drain until, uh, what, 83?
1: It had to be about 83, yeah. Got to be, yeah, at least, yeah, about 83. I think I was teamed up with the record crew. They know the record crew was DJs first, so I guess that might have been Sometime mid-81, sometime in 81, I know that.
0: And uh, what, what were your first impressions of Dr. Dre?
1: Um, when somebody, you know, brought him up to the club, I was, a, you know, the DJ. I was kind of like the hottest DJ in L.A. at the time. And this guy from the neighborhood brought just a little skinny, tall kid up to, you know, to battle me. I was like, battle me? He must not know who I am. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> yeah. you know, I'm the DJ, you know, just, you know, having fun. But he's just a little skinny kid, and that's what we did for the next, ooh, that to be a year, maybe. We DJed for a while without doing music until we seen Run the MC. And I think Run the MC came sometime in 83, whenever the Suckerman MCs was out, whenever that was.
0: Yeah, because you guys and brought you know, them there just, for their first tour or first concert, yeah, right?
1: Yeah, in Cali. Yeah, yeah, because it was a Friday night show. They had another show the next night, but we was the first the night before. Because Uncle Jam's Army had them the next night on the Saturday, but we had them on the Friday. So, you know, me and Dre just kind of looked at looked at them. They had a little ten minute show and was like, "Wow, that's what it takes to do music. That's that's it." To do a show And you so from that day on is where music. That's where music began for us.
0: Yeah, yeah. You uh, well now at that show, you spent time talking uh, to the late uh, jam master Jay. And what, what was yeah. that conversation like? And what did you uh, uh, take away from that?
1: Uh, I mean, that, that 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 was cool. That was down earth. We just had more of uh, you know talking. While I was DJing, you know, after they showed, then I got, I started to DJ in the club. And it was just regular conversation. But I had more in depth conversation when Curtis Blow came. This was before Dre came around. When, in, in his, in Curtis Blow came and brought his brother, which was his DJ, Davey D, Davey D M X. I yeah. I learned how to scratch from him. This had to be. This-
0: Early on A year plus before Drake came At least Wow That's amazing This is like I mean this is the very very beginning Of the West Coast You know uh, hip hop genre And you were there from the start man. your longevity Is uh, insane You know before (laughs) COVID You were traveling the globe virtually to every country I mean you went to Vietnam Which is unheard of Um, Yeah, North
1: uh, Korea and Bali and Sri Lanka and, oh, my God, Indonesia, Malaysia, Bahrain, all over. I've been on Australia about six times. (laughs) I've been from coast to coast in Australia. Even in the center part where, you know, the cities are on the outside. Even in the center part where Narrabri and a few other places where, you know, there's not that many people there, even in there. I mean, I have did I have been all over the world. I've done more shows out the country than NWA did shows inside the state.
0: That's amazing.
1: On my solo just
0: DJing, just d j Oh, that's that's amazing, you know. And, and then this this COVID nightmare hits. Um, yeah. I imagine that's what you would be doing right now. You well, know. Well, um,
1: when 2020 came. I had a tour set up for February in China. That's where I was headed to. And then they kind of canceled it, like, right before February they canceled it. It got canceled or something. Yeah, I was headed to China for another tour there. And that's crazy, DJing in China, because they don't speak English. And they don't try to speak English. No. But just like Vietnam. They didn't speak English, but they knew the words to the song,
0: which yeah. is crazy.
1: You can't have a conversation with them, but if you play that song, they can
2: sing along.
0: Yeah, they they can uh, quote some of your lyrics. Yeah, that's yeah. that's the power yeah. of music. You know. Yeah. Oh um,
2: yeah.
0: It has that. I mean, who who would have thought though that hardcore gangster rap could bring people together globally? I mean, that's amazing <laughs> if you think about it. You know. I mean, it,
1: it's crazy because. Out the country they love our old school hip hop, late eighties, early nineties. Yeah. That's what they like. It's like they're still
0: in that time, but
1: that's what they like. They like the old school hip hop.
0: They're, <laughs> they're smart. They're <Yeah>. smart, <laughs> man. Well I mean they I think they appreciate it more than many of us do here. You know, a lot of the well, kids now they nowadays don't know much.
1: Like we used to appreciate it. Yeah. You know, in the early days. You know, the the fans here used to appreciate the, the hip-hop, but now they still appreciate it all the time, still to this day.
0: Still, Europe,
1: oh, yeah. UK, all over, everywhere. Russia, all over there, Germany, everywhere.
0: It's definitely uh, embraced. Um, you know, uh, another thing, you know, you, you speak about getting pulled over you know, during the wrecking crew days by the LA County cops mm-hmm. and uh mm-hmm. they put you in the back and they got a call for two eleven.
1: Oh yeah. You, that had, was, to go yeah, you had to go riding you had to go on a
0: little ride along against oh, yeah. your will. What what was
2: that like? Yeah.
1: You know what you know what the crazy part is? I remember the um cougar, whatever I call her in the book, she rented me cars and I had a big white Lincoln and we was just about to hit the road and go up north to do some shows. And we were standing outside, me, clientele, Dre. I think that was about it. But the police pulled up, asked, who's driving this car? I said, me. He said, get in the car. You know, didn't ask. Didn't want ID. Nothing. Took me to a a crime scene and then had somebody else drive me back. They never asked a question. Never asked anything. Nothing. (laughs) I'm just like. Wow!
0: (laughs) So you you get in the car and then what? What a call comes over the radio or something? And and yeah, a call. Another call
1: came in. Yeah, another call came in from a crime scene or whatever was going on, and they took. They went there and and told some other cop to hey, take him back. I'm just like, wow! Yeah,
0: that's amazing. You know, that's something you don't encounter every 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 day. That might no. have been one of the early uh, inspirations for the FTP song to come uh, <laughs> down the road. Yeah, that probably might have been. <laughs> you know, um, what what was it like? You know, uh, when you first met Easy? Because a lot of people, you know, they they think uh, that you guys met. And we're making music instantly, but that's not the case. Yeah. You were actually, um, at the time, selling him, like, uh, guest jeans and clothes. Yeah. He was like a for some reason
1: Oh, yeah. For some reason, I knew a girl that worked in Cerritos. She used to give me guests free. I mean, stacks of brand-new guest clothes. So, you know, I was the sharpest guy around. I had the jackets, the belt, the jeans, and then I met Easy. And I told him, you know, I be, you know, I got guests, you know, and he was my best, well, my only customer behind the clothes. That's how me and him met. Dre had already knew him. We was already in the wrecking crew doing music already. That's when he came around. It wasn't music yet for him yet, but that's how I met him. He oh,
0: was my best. He was customer. your only customer. <laughs> So you basically got <laughs> so much clothes, you didn't know what to do with it except sell it. Yeah, I just and said, uh, he you know, buying like it. okay,
1: he said, can I buy it? I said, okay. You know, I wasn't on the streets selling clothes, no. It's just I had so much. Okay, here, you want to pay me for this? Yeah, you can have it, jacket, whatever you want, jeans, belt, T-shirts.
0: <laughs> oh. So you were already in the uh, wrecking crew when you met him. Um now mm-hmm. he was Dre's friend originally.
1: Yeah, he's from Dre's he knew Dre from the neighborhood already. And Rand knew yeah. he already. So he knew him already. I don't know how long but he knew him. For a while, so oh.
0: and uh you know, eventually obviously, you know, uh, um came up with the idea to start uh, Ruthless Records. Now, um, mm-hmm. that was his idea to start up a record label, right?
1: I don't know if it was Dre's or E's. I don't know which one. Or they just happened to come up together. I don't know. Because I had to work. I was in the record crew. We wasn't making no money. So I had to go get a job for three months. So I wasn't around when they made Boys in the Hood and 8 Ball. They had made that, so I wasn't around there at all. Until he finished and Dre let me hear it, then that's when Dre said, Hey, come with us, you know. We we lead a wrecking crew and then start this supergroup. That's what we was calling it. Some kind of super group because we was all from different
0: groups and stuff
1: almost. Arabian Prince, he was a solo artist. Cube was from the another affiliate of Wrecking Crew, CIA. And then me and Dre and then E and Ren. So it was kinda like a super group. But people don't realize the first Easy Eazy-E's first album, if you look at the cover, it looks like NWA. It was NWA. But I don't know whose idea was it to make two groups instead of one. You know, be like, wow, you can get double the money. If you make these two groups easy as a solo and then NWA which was all the same group, but we just split it up.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that, that's what it, I was going to say. You know, when um, mm-hmm. you guys did those two separate groups like that, you know, um, yeah. wh- why was Easy chosen? He wasn't even a rapper. Uh, I know uh, Cube and Ren were around. Why weren't uh, they chosen?
1: Um. Well, I don't – well, some group, this New York group, you know, I forgot the name of them They wanted, you know I guess they were working on a record or something And they didn't like the lyrics that Q wrote Or the style It wasn't New York, you know they from New York So they had a totally different sound So I don't know how Dre convinced E To do it Because E had the look And also the voice for it Yeah It was Cube's lyrics But it was E's voice the way he delivered it, and the look. That's what ignited Ruthless Records
0: right there. You guys had to really create like a Frankenstein monster, so to speak, with him, because <laughs> you had to build him up. Like, you talk about, you know, putting the tape on the board and, you know, uh, his mistakes, yeah. marking them down, line oh, by yeah. line, function them in. How painstaking oh, yeah. was that process?
1: Um, It was just you know, it would take Ren or Q a couple of takes to do a verse. Just a couple of takes. They might have to punch one time maybe. But him, every line, sometimes in between the lines. So it was just, it was like nightmare. But the yeah. results, it was the results phenomenal. that got out of it. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's,
0: that's The results are something albums unheard the- of. You know, as that? far as the sound and the production, uh, mm-hmm. you and Dre created. I mean, I, I think one of the most thorough produced projects because um, mm-hmm. nothing really holds weight to that. You know, yeah. um, even though our Compton second album, album
1: was better, even though our second album was better, better produced, yeah. we grew up producing on that. But it's just the uh, that original Straight Outta Compton is just hard, hard to be very
0: hard. Oh yeah. Well, considering you know um, all these years later, rest in peace, George Floyd. Uh, you know, uh, FTP was uh, an mm-hmm. anthem for uh, what happened to him and what's still going on. Uh, oh yeah. Brutality is, is even sadly probably more relevant now. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, of course, there's I mean, video we... cameras now. But oh yeah, it's, it's <laughs> like it's happening all the time.
1: Yeah. I mean, think about this. We made the song, but we didn't create the situation. That was already yeah. going on before us, 50s, 60s, 70s, before us. But people back then in them days just wasn't bold enough to put the finger up to the cops. Now yeah. they, they're all in their face saying it. But back yeah. then, you didn't do that. <laughs> they would smack no. you down back then. Now... People can say what they want, you know. It ain't no big thing. But back then, no. So we just made a song that people always wanted to say. You know, how many people got tickets when the cop left? They wanted to point, a, you know, point a finger at them or say something. We just, we just had the balls to do it. Yeah. We didn't make it to, we didn't make the song to get people's attention. You know, not all. We just made the song go out. This is how we felt Getting jacked by the cops for no reason You know just because you're standing around A few of us you know A few you know guys standing around And they considered you a gang Or whatever you know They considered you So it's been going on and it's still going on That's why That song was was like was 30 years Ahead of its time 30 years at least Because it's still relevant To you know
0: Today Oh yeah, yeah. Well, then the feds came after you guys, of course. I have Phyllis on here talking about the letters, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. And uh, you know, that, I mean, the feds don't go after every uh, every uh, no. you know, rock band, <laughs> you know. They, um, but they they kind of let you guys know right away, hey, you yeah. know, you're you're on and notice, the and it's it worked to your advantage,
1: yeah. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Between that letter. And MTV banning straight out of Compton Video, that's all we needed. That's something you can't plan. You cannot, like, okay, what's promotion we going to do this week? We're going to get MTV to ban us and the FBI to send us a letter. You couldn't plan that. You couldn't buy that. It just happened yeah. at the right time. And that's what ignited the group. That's a, that, that, that lit the fire.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. And it still hasn't gone out. It's still uh going yeah. strong to <laughs> this day. Um, you know. Well yeah, I mean you gotta look at it too. Um you guys have um you know, I mean, just in the last, you know, five, six years, all the the Rock and mm-hmm. Roll Hall of Fame movie, yeah you know, your book, you know, uh what yeah. do you think's in the future for NWA? Um do you think there's a possibility of you guys maybe uh, doing something? Documentary of anything.
1: You know something? I don't know. because we never really done a full documentary on
2: us. Not yeah.
1: really. Not I don't think there's one. It is parts of this documentary and that type, you know, hip hop and this and but then I don't I don't think there's ever been a full one on us. Not even unsung
0: documentaries. Which is crazy
1: Yeah Oh yeah Oh yeah You never know What the the future holds You never know What the future holds At all You never know Somebody might want to Pick up a movie Off the book I don't know You never know
0: I hope that happens Man Because there's There's so many You know Phenomenal Mm -hmm. stories In this book Um And like I said Uh A a lot of heartache And a lot of pain Too You talk about An incident Um you know when you lost your brother you were very young yeah uh he was oh, yeah. accidentally shot um, Behi- you heard the gun the shot house didn't you? behind him the house yeah.
1: was we lived on this street and our backyard was to the other street but the house he was shot at and killed was it was not right behind us It was one house over it was just I heard the shot in the middle of the night about two o'clock I heard that single shot. Hmm. And I was in the fifth, sixth grade, something like that.
0: Very young. I have seen, have seen a, I have seen a
1: lot, of life. <laughs>
0: yeah, well, you know, um, sorry for your loss. You know, that, that's horrible for anybody mm-hmm. to go through. it. sadly, oh, yeah. uh, years down the line, your bandmate uh, Dr. Dre went through the same thing while you guys were on tour. Yeah, um, and you consoled him. You know, do you Mm -hmm. think uh, um, you know he knew that? I mean, since you had been through that, um, did it kind of help him a little bit?
1: I don't know if he knew. Oh, he didn't know. Yeah,
0: I I doubt it because that was in
1: '74, so that was you know many years—seven years, eight, about seven, eight years—before I met him, and we never—I never talked about that. I don't think so. I doubt it.
0: But, but you, you know, knew just... that pain, unfortunately. Oh yeah. Um,
1: well, you know, and I knew, I knew what it. he was going through. I knew it, but I didn't really know it because I was only in the sixth grade,
0: so it
1: was kind of more of don't understand what was going on, being that young. Not like years later when I lost my other brother or my father, or my mother, stuff like that, because I was so young. So it really didn't hit me. I don't think hard because I didn't understand. I didn't know. I really had no idea at that age.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, very uh, you know tragic thing for anybody to have to go through. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah. You know, uh, well, you know, it, it, let's go back again a little bit to the uh, right as NWA was starting. You read mm-hmm. about a, a part in the book where you, Easy Dre, and Ren—you guys—went to Lonzo's to tell him that you and Dre were out of the wrecking crew. Uh, while mm-hmm. you were there, one of you brought up the idea of selling your soul, and uh, oh, yeah. you don't mention who it is. But um, did you guys, you know, believe at that time, or did one of you guys, whoever said it, believe at that time that uh, you had to do something like that for fame?
1: Nah, I I I don't think we do I know I didn't know nothing about it Anything like that You know, it was strange that it, it came up You know, that, that question I don't even remember who asked the question But I remember the question coming up You know, would you sell your soul? I remember somebody asked me I was like, uh, I don't know about that <laughs> You know, I don't know anything about that And I know somebody said yes But I, you know can't really remember who it. Is. Oh, I just won't say who it was. <laughs> but we didn't really know nothing about that. Not of that. I don't even know how that conversation came up like that. It's amazing no. that it came
2: up. Yeah,
0: yeah. I was gonna say it's kind of random because you guys are over there to, yeah. to tell Lonzo, "Hey, we're done," and then yeah. uh, one of you guys comes up with that. Um, yeah. But you've got to look at the music industry as a whole. That is prevalent in many, many areas. I mean, I've yeah. heard many stories. And if you look yeah. at the old rock groups of the uh, 70s, mm-hmm. you know, Rush with the Pentagram and uh, Ozzy mm-hmm. Osbourne, people like that, a lot of that stuff was uh, um, incorporated in the music you know yeah. uh did were you ever around anything like that in the industry like you ever go to a party and and say, "Whoa, oh, where no. the hell am I? No. I better get out of here." No, nah,
1: we 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 didn't we didn't go to industry parties. Not really. Well, that's good. I've never been to any, so no, nah, I never seen that kind of crazy stuff at all. <laughs> well, that's good. People that's don't, good. But some people don't understand. You know, the devil was the worship leader in heaven. Over the music, <laughs> that's why that flows in the music. So much crazy stuff is in the music. That was his territory.
0: <laughs> so that explains why some believe yeah. they need to, you know, sell their soul or whatever, oh, or yeah. um, oh, yeah. do rituals or different things. You know, all kind of yeah, crazy, crazy stuff. stuff. Oh
1: yeah, because some people want to get
0: avoid. famous so
1: bad they do anything. Some people, yeah. you know, I don't know about nowadays, but back then and them days, quite sure, plenty of people wanted to be just famous, just famous. They didn't care what came with it. They just wanted to be famous. But we had never talked nothing like that at all. Never nothing. Not at all.
0: Yeah, well, that's good. That's good because, uh, you know, that... Nothing but trouble with that stuff. Um, oh yeah. I noticed too there was really no mention of Crazy D in your book. He um, he could be heard on Dope Man and um, a couple other tracks early on. Uh, matter of fact, I heard a, a a song him and Dre did called Gin and Saco. I don't know if you remember that. Uh, what was his role? I mean, and why did he uh, not stick around?
1: Well, well, he wasn't wasn't in the group. Wasn't a part of the group. He was just somebody we knew. You know, on the road, he was one of the roadies on the road, on our tour. Him, Sir Jinx, Dre, which is Dre's cousin, and a couple of other people, they were, you know, our roadies, kind of, on the the, uh, road. You know, they were just people that we knew. You know, happened to get on a couple of records, just a speaking part. It wasn't like you had a rap, a verse on them or anything like that. It was just like GJ Speed. Speed been around, was around the group all the time, but he wasn't a member. He wasn't a rapper. He wasn't none of that. He was just somebody. I guess we cared about that. You know, hung around us. So that's yeah, all that. That's was, all that was. Speed was around longer than all any of them. Well.
0: So he would
1: be kind of like an honorary member or something. Yeah, not yeah, really a I member. So. I mean, because yeah, not a member. He never, he never was a member. Never tried. Nah, it was none of that. The members was only the six, then eventually just the five. In the six with Arabian, that was in the early days, the first yeah. you know maxi singles and stuff like that. Once we start doing the. NWA Stray Out of Compton album, Arabian was not around. We just pulled that old song Panic Zone and put it on the album. Matter of fact, a few songs on the Stray Out of Compton we pulled off of singles already. It was less work to do. We just put them on the album. That's how that song got on there. And then Arabian got on the picture because that was an early picture that wasn't originally for the cover. It was just a picture we took
0: because it was supposed yeah.
1: to be something else to cover that wasn't that picture, but that picture just happened to stand out. But yeah, he got on them them pictures early because once we start working on the album, he wasn't around.
0: Yeah, yeah, that uh, yeah, I always wondered because you, you know in that NWN the posse, you saw like a ton of mm-hmm. dudes on there, and then uh, yeah, you wondered where they went. But um,
1: Yeah, well, at yeah. the bottom, I think it's at the bottom, looking at the cover, bottom right corner, that's Candyman. Wow. Before he was Candyman. <laughs>
0: that's amazing. And the the there's so much, much history about, on that cover,
1: I wasn't there because I was sick
0: that day. Yeah.
1: So that's the only cover shot I missed was that
0: one. Yeah, he wanted to make it up to you and get you in another shot, like for a single or something.
1: After that uh, uh, It was the uh, What you call them Publicity shots The black and white ones The glossy Oh yeah Yeah that's how we end up Taking that photo With just four of us The cube was at school So since I wasn't on that cover And we were doing little shows He wanted me You know so I can have a picture too You know when he's doing little Interviews and autographs and Stuff like that So we end up making The uh the four of us on that black and white, lost.
0: Yeah. When uh, Cube left the group, you know, you said you guys had something to really prove, which you did, mm-hmm. obviously, because you know he was one of the dopest lyrics. He was a one third time. of the voice. Yeah. Uh, also, you know, a powerful writer. Obviously, what was that kind of pressure like? You know, um, to, to have to prove something.
1: I don't know if it was pressure It was just People think we Was going to fall off Or something Because he left So that's where Dre Had to take His spot Rap Because he Dre only raps Express yourself And then the last Song on the Straight Outta Compton album of discretion is advised He just did a verse on that That's all the rapping he did Basically Compton in the house he did that was from an old song, so so Dre had to step up and and then that's where the DLC really shined. Doc would write these verses and he would write Dre's verses. So but yeah. the Doc really because Doc can write. He really can write. He had talent.
0: He uh um I mean he lost his voice tragically right before that, you know, uh, on the way home from filming a video I believe. Um mm-hmm. so he that was probably uh, uh you know, a big deal for him to be able to have that. Um yeah. he couldn't rap no more himself, so his writing Yeah, he is, was it, gonna it, be the next enough.
1: big solo artist, definitely. Oh yeah he
0: yeah, was that about first to album on. is unbelievable. unbelievable. Yeah.
1: Yeah, because he was about to go on tour the next morning when he had that accident. Mm. He was going to go on, I don't know who the tour was with, but he was going to go on a major tour the next morning when he had the accident.
0: Wow. Where, did you go to the hospital that night when you heard about it? No, no. Nah. Nah.
1: Uh, I'm not a hospital guy. I yeah. never have Never been
2: I'm not a hospital
0: guy Luckily he survived And, and uh, he's, he's still doing well To this day um, Yeah You see him with Dre a lot uh, You know So it's a good thing that uh, He made it through um, yeah. I, I uh, recently d- uh, Did an interview with cocaine And Kurok and, uh, cool Ski of the Fat Boys And mm-hmm. uh well, we we were on cocaine was telling me that uh, Snoop Dogg was originally uh auditioning for uh, Above the Law back in the day.
2: Um, really? I didn't know
0: that. Yeah, but you didn't know that? Uh. Uh-uh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he I was know, I, I guess uh Warren Warren was hanging out Warren at their G. Uh, Yeah, brother, Warren yeah. G was hanging out at their apartment and um you know Snoop was uh um yeah, I guess uh auditioning for Hutch. Supposedly uh, as the story goes when uh, you know, when everything fell apart and Dre left, he gave a, a call to Hutch, I guess, to, to uh, tell him that Snoop was coming with him. You know, so I didn't know if you, you had known that or if Snoop was ever hanging nah. around ruthless trying to get with you guys or No,
1: nah, i never I never met him. No. I had never met Snoop and the only time I met him was when we just did Coachella a few years ago when we came together. You know, all four of us came together and did Coachella. But that was was that the hologram? Met
2: Snoop.
1: No, no, no. This was the Coachella show right after the uh, Hall of Fame. Oh,
0: okay.
1: Yeah, right wow. after the Hall all of the, Fame All these team.
0: years, and that's the first time you met Snoop? That's Both the first of you guys and only in time. West. Wow.
1: And third, it was like first time on stage together in thirty years. Cause we was on yeah. stage together at the Hall of Fame, but we didn't perform there. But two weeks yeah. later, we did Coachella.
0: Wow, that must have been pretty amazing. Um,
1: yeah, it was different. It was, it was it was different. Even the night of the Hall of Fame was different because after we got our awards. And while we were still on stage, I said, hey, let's take a selfie. And we took a selfie. And that, if you look at that selfie picture, it's in the book, too. That For that one moment, you could see genuine smiles on everybody's face. Like it was 1989 all over again. For that split second. Yeah. That, it was only for a second. That's all it was. But it was like old times. There were no managers around, no security, nothing. It
0: was just us in the picture. That was it. Just just friends. Yeah, because you said last time we were talking that you know it was outsiders that broke up the group. Yeah. Um, Oh yeah. And you guys are really you know good friends outside of the group, you know. Yeah. Um, When when uh, you know Dre left, um, you said in the book uh, that it was like you and Easy were on a lonely island. Um, oh, yeah. And Ren wasn't really around that much. But Ren dropped the EP in 92. Where, where was he at? Mm-hmm. Why, he, why, why wasn't he around? Or distant? Oh, I don't know.
1: I have no idea. I remember seeing Ren later, whenever we did the last song that him and E did together that I produced, that might have been in 94, maybe. Maybe mid or early 94. When Ren, you know, we did a A song, we did one or two songs with E, they did it together. But other than that, yeah, I, you know, wasn't seeing Ren at all. I guess everybody was just doing their own thing.
0: Yeah, yeah. He was, uh, I guess, working on on, uh, stuff with uh, Rhythm D and everything. Um, Mm -hmm. I recently talked to him. His situation was awkward because he was originally going to be with Death Row. And then he came over to you guys. Um, oh, I didn't know that you know. either. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, doing this, I learned something all the time, man. That's the that's the yeah. dope thing about doing this. Um, mm-hmm. But, um, you know, you guys, uh, uh, here you are in a position again. Now you got to kind of prove yourselves again. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it didn't really happen, you know, at first. Like, 92, you yeah. know. Guys were still going gold and stuff and and, and things like that, but um yeah. the following year, you know obviously e e p went double platinum eventually uh but then yeah. after that, you guys found boom and boom yeah f- quad platinum right there oh yeah um oh yeah, but even though all that was happening, you know uh ruthless was still in debt um oh, yeah. when you were on the plane with easy. And he was telling you about that. What what were you thinking? Were you shocked?
1: Because um, this is the first time me and him, it's crazy. That was in January of 95. That was the first time me and him stayed in a room together because there was some kind of convention going on in Vegas and they were out of rooms. So me and him had to stay in the same room. And that was the first time ever, which is crazy. And then either flying up or flying back, it was one of them. You know, he's sitting next to me. That was rare. We never sat together on the plane. It was always me and Dre. But that's when he was showing me. He had it wrote down all on the, like, the back of a cardboard or something of all the things, studios, discs, apartments. all kind of, It was a whole list of stuff. It was like a million dollars or
0: something. I was just like,
1: oh, okay. Seven
0: figures, wow.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Something like that. If I'm not mistaken. It was quite a bit. In them days, but that's when the, uh, Mr. Manager had kind of ruined a bunch of deals and all Because he had got rid of him and all all them you know them contracts. You know they start falling apart apart, 'cause you got to produce records. You know you get these groups signed and all this stuff. You got to come back with some new material, and a lot of the stuff didn't come back with new material
0: at all. So he did, in fact, fire Jerry.
1: Oh, yeah. I think it, it had to been, I can't re- really remember, late 94, somewhere in 94, I remember. Sometime in 94, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong, but I think it was 94.
0: Yeah, yeah. Again, you know, uh, Rhythm D, the other day, uh, he was telling me around that time, he would be mm-hmm. getting, like, calls. From uh, Jerry Heller asking, mm-hmm. Have you seen Easy? Like, uh, Easy was uh, trying to shake Jerry. Kind of,
1: yeah, kind of hiding from him. They ain't answering his calls and stuff. So, I, you know, I don't know. But, oh, yeah, he did eventually get rid of him. Oh, yeah. I mean, people thought, Isn't he a part of the label? No, he was not. He had no ownership of the label at all. It was all E by himself.
0: Yeah, so he, he did. I don't fact, know where that, that. that rumor came from. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know where that came from either. But Jerry told me that um, it was E's label. He did yeah. say that, but um, <clears throat> you know, it, it, it's crazy because uh, you know you you got to think, man. Those two, you, you know, without them, though, you know. Um, it really doesn't happen in the beginning. You kind of mm-hmm. needed Jerry in uh, in the beginning. Oh yeah, I mean that, yeah, because he, he knew the business.
1: He knew he knew that stuff because he was from you know the seventies and the sixties with bigger groups. I think he managed big, some big groups. If I'm not, I can't remember the groups, but gosh, some maybe. big groups.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's, but he's, he's uh, but he, fifty years in the game. You know.
1: Yeah, but the problem was, you know, I found out it firsthand, you know, he's taking 20% of the group, which is okay, that's normal, but you're also taking 20% of the label, which is not normal,
0: so he's getting both That would ends. make you, I mean, it, yeah, because that would make you part owner if you're getting that much, you know, like a <laughs> shareholder or something, you would think,
1: yeah, you but know. you ain't supposed to get, you know, managed. You can't no. be the manager of the group and the manager of the label. That's, see, we was young. We didn't know that was a conflict of interest. We just didn't know that. We had to learn it the hard way.
0: Yeah. You know, um, back to Bone real quick. Uh, mm-hmm. Bone was, uh, you know, very different, unlike anybody you said they yeah. reminded you of NWA, of you guys. Uh, in what ways?
1: It just, they was different from everybody. They was singing, rapping. We was cussing, rapping, you know, hardcore rapping. So they was kind of like us. Five of them, five of us. They were just ahead of their time. They were different from everybody. Like when we came out, we was different from Run DMCs and LLs and Public Enemy. We was different from everybody. Bone came out, they were different from everybody. That's how they separated themselves from the crowd. Until other people started singing, rapping like they were doing. But they had created that sound. And they were just they were just like us. Different music, but it was still different. They were different, just like us.
2: Yeah.
0: There were several guys in the group and uh, I don't know how true this is but Jerry uh Jerry told me years ago that uh they would go out and just start looking for people to rob. <laughs> oh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you know, when they were that. staying in the hotel. <laughs> you know.
1: That I don't uh, I never heard that. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's in the archives. It's, it's back there probably. Um, man, I interviewed him, I think what 2013, maybe 2012. Um, mm-hmm. I remember him telling me that. He's like, they were real young and, and wild at the time. And,
1: oh, yeah. And he was having they his hands full. They used to tear up hotels them. all the time. They used to tear up <laughs> hotels all the time. All the time. And I used to be hearing the stories, I was like, wow, y'all got these crazy kids, whoever they are. I was like, wow.
2: <laughs>
1: they, was, I, was, I guess they were the like you? the Rock and Rollers or something.
0: They uh, well, you know, uh, I had Kulrowski tell me that that's what the fat boys used to do. They would just just destroy mm. hotels. Wow, you know. <laughs>
2: um,
0: but in the book, you said that uh, one of the members of Bone like uh, actually locked himself in the bathroom for several hours. Oh and, no! Uh, like pounding oh, on the man. door, nobody could hear him, or
1: we was in the studio, and the bathroom was like in another room. Oh,
0: so, you know the the student
1: control room and all that is soundproof. I don't know if he was banging on the door or not. He couldn't find it. I guess he broke the light, and it was dark in there. He couldn't couldn't get it. All he had to do was turn the (laughs) doorknob. I think he was in there five or six hours, maybe. Something like that. Something crazy like that. Wow. And completely tore the
0: bathroom up. You guys are about to send out a search party for him.
1: (laughs) Completely toward the bathroom.
0: Wow, (laughs) couldn't get out. That must have been some powerful shit, man. I don't know. I don't know what it was. Funny, (laughs) you know? uh, Yeah, that's something, man. Um, You know, uh, there's one scene I want to, or or one instance I want to talk about in the book where, uh, you know, you you fast forward a little bit. You're shooting, uh, you know, adult films, and you're mm-hmm. just knocking them out the box. And uh, you decide to get real risky, start shooting scenes in public places. Yeah. At one point <laughs> in time, you said you shot a scene on the overpass of the 110 freeway.
1: Yeah, the 110, right? People I'm were honking their horns,
0: please tell me about yeah. this.
1: <laughs> we was only up there about five minutes, but it was just, you know, we just... Try to get exciting, make it different. It was crazy. I remember it's like Slauson or somewhere. You can park and you can go on the over. You can walk on the overpass, it's like a, a, a people that can walk across the one side of the freeway inside the gate. Because yeah. there wasn't no cars you can go on. There's only you can walk across. They don't have it there no more. I, I don't think so. But yeah, I remember right on above the one ten. <laughs>
0: That's amazing, and you said cars were were driving by; they were actually seeing what was going on.
1: Oh yeah, slowing down. <laughs> Surprised we didn't cause no accident.
0: Yeah, yeah. But you, uh, you know, you, I mean, you, you, you started to do real good in that industry for a while. Yeah. You know. Um, oh yeah, fifteen I mean, years. How many films did years. you make? About three hundred. Three hundred over three hundred fifty. Wow.
1: That if I'm counting it right. I could be off. Could be more.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, you were, you you were a wild guy, man. You really you really loved the chicks. I mean, uh, yeah. on the road, you know, uh, everywhere. The, the, the book uh, details yeah. a lot that of it. Was um, that was my drug. That was my drug. Yeah. Yeah. So literally, uh, you know, some people uh, that that's their uh, vice, you know. Um yeah. But eventually, you know, years later, you you settled. You eventually settled down You got married oh, you yeah. Know, became a family man You know yeah. um, What was the transition like To go from all those frills and thrills To you know Being a dad And, and, and being a, a, a faithful husband
1: I mean it just It was just a gradual thing It didn't just stop
0: in one day Yeah. It was a
1: gradual gradual Until I went homeless That's when it seemed like Everything copped, so I had to, and I was homeless
0: about
1: three and a half years. Not on the street homeless, but on my sister' couch or something like that. That's homeless. Air mattress of your own houses, and all that stuff.
0: The air mattress Oh my
1: god. <laughs> yeah, the pain, I had never seen air mattress What was that?
0: I said the pain. Oh, you yeah, know, okay. uh, but I but you, know, you um i mm-hmm. no, I'm sorry, go ahead, yo, no,
1: know, when I was homeless, I never stressed about nothing, you know, you know, a lot of people in bad situations or where they stress to the stress, I never stressed, it was like it was me that got me here, so you know that it is what it is, so why stress about something you can't fix? Yeah. So I, I never stress about anything.
0: No, I, and and that's the best way to do things, you know, because um, mm-hmm. a lot of people, you know, they end up committing suicide or something when they're in situations oh, yeah. like that. Well,
1: yeah, you go from All up time. here to
0: down there.
1: Oh, yeah. Jump off the bridge, jump off the building, whatever they
0: do. All the time. Yeah. All the time. Years later, um, you know, Dre ended up uh, buying you a car. You, know, yeah. you went and, and talked to him, and, and uh, well, he told you to come over to the studio. And yeah. you told him, well, I got to get a car. And he's like, what? Well, I told him, I like said, that, you know, I got like borrowed that right to borrow a car to Yeah. You know, I had
1: to that borrow a car, out. and he was like, huh? And it was, you know, just something different. I had 50 cars. You know, I've never almost never been without a car from, like, high school days almost or just after high school. And it just – it was just – that was the start of hitting the bottom right then. That was the start.
0: Yeah. You, um, you know, easy past – his lawyer read a statement that was supposedly written by him. You said in the book that mm-hmm. uh it didn't sound like uh easy. What you since you know him so well, what made it sound off to you?
1: Um, the the word homeboy and stuff like that. That just that wasn't his he didn't talk like that. He never would say homeboy about whatever says something like that in the in the letter. But he was already in the coma because they had put him in the coma. You know, they induced the coma. So once you get on the respirator, they'll put you in the coma so you won't fight the machine. So, and and he had been unconscious already. Well I don't know how long, a week or two after the surgery. After the surgery, he never came, he was never up again. He was always in the coma because of the... Uh, the machine and stuff So That's how Then I'm like oh, He didn't I don't think he wrote that <laughs> Don't sound like him They try to make it sound like him But nah He wouldn't talk like that It was, it was too corny I'm like nah That ain't his talking you Yeah
0: know? Yeah cause I mean you, you hung out with him all the time You yeah. know uh, If anybody would know It would be you um, Yeah But that Uh yeah, that really hit you by by surprise. Everybody, last time we talked, you were telling me that um, the night he passed, he came to you mm-hmm. uh, in a dream, a very vivid dream. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, again, if you can, you know, what was that experience like? And um, have you ever seen him again since?
1: No, that was. He's been he in time? a couple of dreams lately, but not like that. Not this one was more like a vision or something. It was like super real. I mean I was just like this was like real and I knew he was coming. I knew that. I just like yeah, okay, I don't want him coming and visiting me <laughs> You know, to wake me up or something that was in the dream or the vision or whatever it was and it was just you know, we were just flying and it was peaceful. We were flying and we was Touching fingertips to fingertips. And we were talking I can't remember the words we talked about, but I remember he said, I gotta go. And I remember looking around and I turned back and he was gone. That was it. I'd never seen him again. But there was more to that story, I just didn't say it. You know, it was a couple it was another word, a couple of words said with it. I just didn't put it in the book or I don't tell people. I just keep that one to myself. But yeah, it was it was really real. I mean, real. I had I had have never had a dream like that.
0: It yeah, was crazy. I mean, the, um you said you knew like you had an intuition or something that he was coming to see you. Almost yeah, I, like I knew um it. he was telepathically letting you know that hey, I'm going to I'm going to come visit you or something. Um, something.
1: I I just knew it.
0: But whatever he said, you 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 kept to yourself all these years. Have you ever told? Yeah. Never told anybody.
1: Um, I think I told my pastor at church. I think I told him once. That's it. Nobody else knows. Not at all.
0: Well, that's that's between two brothers, you know. Yeah. That's something that uh, that's something you, you you can have forever. Yeah. Um I want to talk a little bit more uh, about this. I'm going to bring on the homie Sin. He's just got a question for you, too. Um, mm-hmm. You shot, you know, two films in a co-partnership with another company, and uh, of course, the money got funny. And you and a uh, big man went up there. And, and in the book, you say you got Comptonish, as you oh, put yeah. it. Uh, <laughs> what went on in the office? Was it pretty chaotic? Uh,
1: it was more like we went in there. And he kind of went berserk, pouring sodas in their computers and just tearing, tearing some things up. <laughs> I was just like, I just stood back and watched. Because they didn't tell us they was having money issues when, when we did the deal. I'm thinking they, because they used to be a hot company, so I'm thinking they still rolling. I didn't know they was having issues, you know, behind the scenes. You know, because I had to pay for the projects myself, so we know we just had to get companies. <laughs> we had to turn yeah. it out,
0: kind of like uh, Cube going into Brian Turner's office yeah. back in the day. Same
1: way, same thing. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, that's something. That's something. You know, but um, you know, through all that, through everything you detailed in the book. Um, and just, just life in general, looking back, you know, mm-hmm. um what are some of the moments that, that you, you look fondest on? It doesn't just have to be with N W A or music, just life in general. Um I mean
1: so much. I mean, you know having kids. I waited late to have kids, you know. Yeah. Really you know. I had to go through that in the beginning, you know. No, they didn't know, you know, I had two kids at once and looked like it was going to be three. You know, it's just so, I didn't know when I, when I finally, when I was writing the book, I didn't know I went through all that in life. It's so much. And, I, and, and it was detail, how I remember it. It's amazing. I'm just like, wow, I did this, you know. I used to be in the band. I used to like being in the Compton High band. That was fun. The drum major, that was fun. That was really fun, fun days. But i just been through so much. It's amazing. I survived it all and yeah. changed my whole life, you know, nine years ago, almost nine years ago, almost nine years ago.
0: When I first had you on this show back in uh, 2013, I had mm-hmm. no idea that you were just homeless right before that. Yeah. You know, 2013? Uh, it had to be
1: I got married in August of twenty thirteen That's when I became Unhomeless so I don't know when the show was. It might have been after that
0: maybe maybe or a just little after, bit after I it. get
1: married or just before I got married. it was one of
0: them yeah, yeah, man I mean uh, might have been I wasn't doing too good myself check. at the time, but if I had known that man i would have- I would have done what I could, you know um. <laughs> Because you know, I mean, it's it's just like uh, um, you know, you grew up listening to groups and things like that. When mm-hmm. they struggle, you know, you don't like to see that. You know, um, yeah, you don't like to see that. So I'm I'm so glad that things are are, uh, are better for you, and and uh, you oh, made yeah. it into the Rock Ball Hall of Fame, which was mm-hmm. well deserved. Because when you were on that that show way back then with us, you were uh, asking the fans to vote. And you didn't get it that year. I think. Oh that, yeah, when was, like was it? 2016? Three, four years in a row. Yeah, it should have been a no-brainer. I mean, the first number yeah. one uh, hip-hop album. Yeah. You know. Yeah. That should have. I mean, been, we were that the that first group. Enough.
1: First hip-hop group to ship gold too on that album. That was unheard of for hip-hop. Shipping gold, yeah. you know, right out the box.
0: That I far back, it. too. Thirty years oh, ago. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. Um, I got just a couple more questions here from the homie Sin. He's going to come on and ask mm-hmm. a few to you from France. Sin, you there, brother?
2: Yes, yes, sir. Hi, Scott. Hi, you WDJ. Little. How are you so, doing? So nice awesome. to have you on the show. Yeah, um, I'm fine. Um, can you tell us about the NWA uh, posse members like uh Rappenstein um and Crew and Dr. Rock back in the day?
0: See, me, you're breaking a up, I'll, I'll repeat I'll repeat that for you. He's breaking up a little bit. He <laughs> wants to know about the NWA and the Posse members, uh Rappenstein, Feel Fresh Crew and Doctor oh, Rock.
1: Oh, there wasn't um they weren't the NWA members. That NWA The Posse album was just a compilation of Mm a bunch of groups Dre had put together. Dr. Rock was a part of the uh, Fila Fresh crew with the DLC. Matter of fact, Dr. Rock is the DJ I replaced when I first started DJing. When I first came to the Eve After Dark to DJ, Dr. Rock was there the first night. But that next weekend, he was gone. And I was put into the prime spot.
2: That was that Dr. Locke? Oh, okay. You got Fresh Can Duck Tea, too, at that time. Wait a minute, what was that? Well oh, that, sir? You got Fresh Can... Oh, Fresh Can Duck Tea was also passing members. <laughs> Bye, day. You got any more questions, brother? Oh, yeah, um... Can you tell us about the the song World Class Freak you could put said with Lonzo or Dre for the album Rapid and Rollins of uh, World Class With and in nineteen
1: eighty six? Oh yeah, that was the uh I think that was on the um the Epic record. The album we mm-hmm. we had a, re- a, a deal with Epic, world class Freak Yeah, wow. <laughs> Wow, that was a long time ago. Yeah, it was just a song we made and just Yeah, I think I made that, that track for that one. 'Cause me and Trey and them days Dre would do one side of the album, I do the other side of the album we could do. And I think I produced that particular song. That was that was pretty fun. It 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 was cool. It was you know, kinda simple to do. And it was kinda like a laid back beat. Not really techno. It wasn't a techno, it wasn't fast. It was just kind of laid back. I remember that. Wow, I ain't heard that in years. Wow, somebody re- remembered that song. That's crazy.
0: Oh, yeah, he goes back into the, uh, I mean, way back in the day. I'm surprised he oh. didn't ask you about that Slice record.
2: Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, It's the first time I heard about Slice. <laughs> yeah, can you tell us somebody, um, your co-production with uh, Dre and Arabian Prince for uh, supersonic album JJ Far in 1988 uh-huh. What about what was the question?
0: He wanted oh, to, uh what was Sup- it like producing uh with Dre and Arabian Prince on that album?
1: Oh, I mean uh I mean it was like I mean well, we didn't have It was different. Arabian Prince originally made Supersonic. It was on he was they were on Dream Team Records. And for somehow, some reason, we ended up with the song. But the guy from Dream Team Records was supposed to bring the original masters to us. We could use them, but he never showed up with them. So, you know, Dre decided, okay, we're going to remake the song. completely over again. So we redid we re- the song because I think the original Supersonic song was with five girls records. There was two more in the group. But when we redid it for Ruthless, it was only the three. So you know, we, it was pretty fun because that was Ruthless' first gold record and gold single. That was our first gold records. Was was the J.J. Fad album. And that was really not the start of Ruthless, but that was start of the Ruthless Gold
2: though. Yeah, though. Know. Um, can you tell us also about these songs uh, The song "Sweet," Won't Let Me Featuring Drester From your solo album One More Nickel To Go Oh Oh that was
1: with uh, I think it was with Gangster Drester I think I did that with. Yeah I think that's what it was It was just Something I did You know Put together And I, and I used Drester to use it Because They was kind of around Ruthless In the last the last day, so I just did that, and wow, I haven't heard that song in years, too. Wow, you bringing up some good ones. I'm like, wow, <laughs> <laughs> wow, I ain't heard, it. wow. So yeah, it, it was, it was, it was fun to do. That one was kind of fun. Yeah, just thought it was a very good.
2: So Sometimes you take it, was though. No.
0: Oh yeah. Legendary. Legendary. Mm-hmm. Um but speaking of that album, one more and I'll let you go, Yellow. We've already kept mm-hmm. you over an hour. No, nah, I appreciate you. Um mm-hmm. that year, you know, when Easy died, you know, soon uh, Sim was just uh-huh. talking about your solo album. And you had to put mm-hmm. together the NFA greatest hits, you had to put together and a solo album, Easy and you had album to finish yeah. Easy's album. Yeah. What now was there there pressure there?
1: Um well, I had started working on my album. For some reason, somebody wanted me to do an album. I'm like, I ain't no artist. But I ended up doing it. And then, if I'm not mistaken, I think Priority contacted me to do the Greatest Hits album. So I had to put that together at the same time. So I put mine on pause, start working on that one. And I think, the not Ruthless, but the courts, because I think it was going through court or something at the time the court contacted me because i had the last album in the studio people wanted that album but it was just sitting in our vault you know it sat there for over a year i never even thought about that album once he died i i I, I didn't think nothing else about that album but other people like the you know that manager we were talking about earlier he wanted that album from me he tried to get that album he called you about But I You idea. know Yeah I went to his house And had a meeting about it And, and I'm like Wow Did he You know When I left it, I said Wow Did he Just try to get this album From me But yeah I hadn't thought Nothing about that album But then The chords came in, And I had to finish That album And stuff like that So yeah It was like Right in the middle Of three projects At once It wasn't no pressure But it just I just did it It was just It was it was work for me That's all it was
0: yeah, I always wondered. You know, um, I know you said after Easy uh, Pass that you were done with music, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, I always wondered why you never uh, were like a a Timberland or somebody because you're already a, a legendary producer. Why mm-hmm. didn't you stick around and maybe throw a few beats at some of the up and coming guys? You know, years past
1: I just didn't. Once he died, and I was standing next to the grave. And you know People left And I just said That's it I'm done with music I didn't care about it no more It was just like I had no No more love for it Or nothing They were just done Until They You know Called me a year later To do a soul, My solo album And then the other two albums Other than that I was just done I just didn't want to be Around no parts of music And I haven't At all Ever since
2: no. Yeah
0: Yeah well uh yellow, I really appreciate you. Everybody please go out and get straight out com to My told story. You get at Amazon or you can get it at uh your website, um give everybody your website,
1: which is, yellow. Which is DJ dot com. That's for the autograph one.
0: I, I I
1: actually autographed each one so it's not like a little rubber stamp and stuff. Yes,
0: yeah, personal. Well, I mean uh I got number seventy six. 2 years oh, off okay. for my birthday. So I was I was I was close you were close. you were close. <laughs> but um yeah, I recommend it to everybody. Um uh, it's just uh, so many so many stories, you know. Uh I mean, we just touched the tip of the iceberg with the two interviews we did. Yeah. You know. Um but uh before we get out of here, is there uh anything you want to say or any shout-outs or anything?
1: Um, you know, just get the book And, you know, read it for yourself. You know, it it puts a lot of missing parts over the years from interviews. You know, all the interviews, they only get certain much or the main thing. There was a lot of smaller things that didn't get mentioned and stuff. You know, just a lot of things. A lot of things going on. But, yeah, the book, get the book and and read it, e-book or whatever, and just check it out.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Man, you take care of yourself, brother. We'll uh we'll oh, talk yeah. to you real soon. And uh, thank you okay, so much. for thanks. calling this.